Okay, welcome, Lisa, to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So, welcome to the show. So, we're here today to learn about your fitness journey. So, just for our audience, just a wee brief intro of who you are and what you're currently up to. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you to everybody listening. I, I've been lucky to be a guest on podcast now for a few years. And I'm always so grateful for the time that you guys take to have me on and, you know, put this out because I realize how much work it is. Uh, my name is Lisa Pronzo. I'm the CEO and founder of A Healthful Life, which is a company really of my own creation It is designed to help busy adults find fitness from their home, which in the past couple of years has become that much more important and apropos. <laughs> but I, I really did originally start it. Uh, I had my child and I was working and I was trying to figure out as a fitness instructor, how could I stay in shape and stay at the caliber of my clients? Right. Yeah. But do it from home. And then once I figured it out, it wasn't overnight either. So don't worry about that. I was like, man, if I can do this, everyone can do this. Yeah. And there literally is no excuse to not find your health because you can find it from anywhere. No, definitely. And you know, my, my new motto at the moment, at this, this moment in time is maximize your day. So I, so I work, um, I work full time, uh, 35 hours a week, but sometimes I'm early shift and me personally, me training after an early shift when I finish at 2 p.m., that's not going to happen. So now I am getting up at 3 a.m. I'm at the gym at 4 a.m. And I'm starting my shift at 6 a.m. So. You know what, though? I have to say, I really appreciate that. This is something that I talk to with my clients all the time is when you are implementing a fitness program for yourself, I think part of the reason why people don't like to do it is because it, it kind of motivates you to be more introspective than maybe some people are comfortable with. Yeah. But it also is only going to be as successful as you are realistic with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for you to be like, I have that early shift and I'm done it too. And I know it's not going to happen. I know <laughs> you probably like, I'm going to come home. I'll get a snack. I'll sit on my couch for like an hour and I'll go to the gym at like three and then three rolls around and then four rolls around yeah, totally. and then it's dinner time or maybe your gym closes. I don't know what the hours are like out there for your gyms. Um, and the day is gone. And then what happens is you feel really badly about yourself. Yeah, totally. So, right. You know, so it's like 3 a.m. That's not fun for you. I'm sure you're probably like bleary eyed like, but at least, you know, by two, when that shift is done, okay, I got my workout in. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, the, the few benefits of training first thing in the morning is that you walk into the gym and you can use anything you want. You get on every bit of kit, yeah. <laughs> you know, while everybody's sleeping, you know, they could be sleeping right. a hangover off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, once you're finished that workout, for myself, I definitely feel more energized throughout my day. Yeah. And I would venture to say too, that because you're there so early in the morning, 
there's probably like four other people and they're probably all regulars. That's when they go to the gym, regardless of what they have going on every single day, you're probably getting a better workout because you're not, your heart rate is staying more consistent because you're not like having to wait in line to get on a machine. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like the end of the day, like your rush hour time frame out there, you're also able to get every single exercise in. Whereas if you go and it's busy, I'm going to guess that there's some things that you're like, I'm not even going to try to get on, you know, fill in the blank, this machine yeah, because there's too many people waiting in line. No, totally. So no, um, I would highly recommend training earlier if you can, if you can fit it into your day. Right. But I mean, conversely speaking, I have clients that are like, there's no way I'll wake up and do like a 6 a.m. workout. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Because I don't think that it becomes a realistic standard. If you're like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to wake up, do a 6 a.m. workout for a month. Then after a month, when no one's holding you accountable, you're going to stop. Exactly. But you have to find a different solution. No, definitely. And, you know, the reason I do that is because I work five, maybe six early shifts out of a three-week rotor. So, you know, I would only do that those times when I'm early shift. And then the Mm -hmm. rest of the time, I'll I'll train at a reasonable time for myself, you know. Um, But, yeah, I definitely think you need to find the balance when training. You've got mm-hmm. to work around you personally, mm-hmm. your your own personal circumstances. Yeah, but then it's a matter too of your own personal circumstances, but also you holding yourself accountable. So it's 3 a.m. that alarm goes off and you're not hitting snooze 7,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's for my people who are more like, I'm going to work out like lunchtime, early afternoon, when my day ends. So I do have a lot of people who do that. Okay. Well then that, that has to be the standard. I have one girl right now that she's setting an alarm for her workday to end because she's working from home. She's on the computer. It's very easy to get wrapped up in that. And she knows that if she doesn't have that cutoff time, the the rest of the night's gone. She'll end up staying and, you know, working for an additional three hours or whatever. No, totally. Okay, so we're here to learn about your journey, Lisa. So we're going to go way back to childhood uh, activities, um, Um, growing up in school, what sort of things we get involved in. I was never an athlete. I played water polo like briefly. I would not say I was good at it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was not great. I'm also not a competitive person. I'm still not a competitive person. I love when people have a competitive drive. I'm not that person. Yeah. It's fine. I actually grew up playing music and that was my intention. If you had asked me when I was like 16 or 17, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a studio musician, like be the person to go in and play yeah. like the soundtrack on, you know, commercial or whatever. Um, I was discouraged from doing that fine and I ended up enlisting in the army right before September 11th right around that time frame yeah. um which obviously for my American listeners we all know if you were alive then how big of a deal that was and I would venture to say for the majority of the world oh yeah. as well and 
I went into ROTC. So what that is, is they defer your enlistment for you to go to college. Basically, they're like, you don't have to go in right now, go to college first, and then you'll go in. And when I was in ROTC, I ended up shattering, fracturing and dislocating my right foot on a training exercise. And I didn't walk for a year. Wow. Give or take a few months. And that was what really propelled me. And this is so long story short, but that is what really propelled me into fitness because I was really, I was 19 when I got hurt. I was super, super young. And I was really blessed to have a lot of people around me who were like, you need to focus on the quality of your health and the longevity of your health. And what do you want that to look like as you age? And that's when fitness started taking a new meaning to me. It wasn't like I need to hit this runtime because I need to pass my physical fitness test. It was, you know, I need to be eating right and training properly so that I don't have chronic pain so that I don't have inflammation and the like aesthetic benefits of working out became a secondary goal for me. Yeah. And then it just kind of, I actually didn't even go into the fitness industry from there. I went into corporate America, had like the very typical nine to five job and (laughs) became very disillusioned with corporate America and ended up leaving and going into fitness full time. Okay. And, you know, if we go back to that injury, um, so were you immediately pulled from the army? No, I, they kept me in, I would have to ask, would have to ask my mommy because she would remember more than me. Um, they kept me in for a while after I got hurt. The, when I got hurt, the initial thought was that I had just broken my foot and then they started doing scans and all that. They realized the severity of the injury and then they couldn't find a doctor who could fix me, which was terrifying. Yeah. Um, we found the doctor who performed multiple surgeries to, I mean, she basically rebuilt my foot from scratch. Yeah. Um, Does that mean that you have metal plates in there now? I'm lucky. I don't. So after the first surgery, I did have metal in my foot. What they had done basically, and I am not a doctor or scientist people. Okay. Is they built bone paste out of cadaver bone and synthetic bone and then my bone marrow and basically like she built the bones from that paste yeah and then they put metal in to secure it basically like it could solidify in the skin of my foot you know on the inside and then they went back in and they took all the metal out all right okay uh so you're pretty lucky Um, i'm very lucky for myself i've I've got, um, I've got pins and screws um, tournament um, and, you know, chronic pain is something I tend to get quite a lot because um, uh-huh. there's at certain points where you, you maybe walk and you're like, because it's part of my ankle, part of my shin. And I'm like, oh, okay, Jesus. Shatter. Did you shatter a bone? Yeah. So or was it like a complex fracture? Yeah. So I've technically, I've was trying to sneak in somewhere to, to play football and, ah. and I was at the age I think 14, 15 so I was scared of heights 
So I'm sitting at the top of this fence and my friends are like, just turn around and break it down. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And I was like, so not thinking, I just jumped two foot into midair um, and I've literally went onto concrete below. Um, oh. And one foot's uh, bent and the other one stayed straight. And quite luckily, it was only one foot that got broken. Um, but yeah. And that and the height I think was maybe twenty to thirty foot, I think. Um, oh. So, yeah, so yeah, uh, I tr actually tried to join the British Army when I was sixteen, um, but no, no, I've got my medical discharge letter. They wouldn't allow me in. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've wow. always wanted to do fitness, even from an early age, but you know. I never got to do the army experience, um, but I'm doing something totally different. Right. Um, and so beneficial. Dang, yeah. our stories are fairly similar in yeah, the recovery. Def def definitely. You know, there's a small connection there, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how did you, you know, you know, going back to, if you can remember when you were 19, how was your mindset when you had that horrific injury? I was mad. <laughs> oh, real man. <laughs> now, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever that saying is. Now I can look back on it and say, I was grieving. And my anger was actually immense sadness and a whole lot of fear. Because when I first got, so I was fast roping. So I was sliding down a rope out of a yeah. tower. And when you land, I landed on a rock and the rock was what did it. So, I, I mean, nothing like bent weird. I wasn't like you, like nothing like bent weird. I didn't jump, nothing like that. <laughs> um, I actually have a picture of myself, maybe like five seconds before I landed. Okay. Yeah. They were like, it was technically perfect, except for that part. But anyways, um being in it was maybe like a seven to nine day period where it wasn't fixed i saw three doctors before i found my doctor who fixed me yeah and going to these people who i viewed as like so much more intelligent than myself medically trained individuals who should know what to do and being told time and time again like i don't know how to fix her and not knowing if I would walk yeah. and it's my right foot. So that becomes problematic in America because you use your right foot to drive. Yeah. And I was also like maybe a year, year and a half into college. Like, what am I going to do if I can't walk again? Yeah. What am I going to do if I can't drive a car again? And there was talk about amputating it. Luckily that did not happen. Yeah. Good. yeah but, <laughs> um, and I think that would have been the go-to had I not found my doctor. I think they would have ended up amputating, but it was really, really scary. And then to come past that and lose what I thought my future was going to be my group of friends, my community, that sense of camaraderie, it all kind of went away and it wasn't to any of their fault. You know, America was, 
getting deeper and deeper into the conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq at that time. Yeah. And the people that I was in ROTC with were deploying left, right, and sideways. Yeah. And their minds were elsewhere and not on my recovery. And I understood that, but all of that just made it like, all of it made me angry. Yeah. All I recognized was anger. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. And then obviously you mentioned you went from a corporate job to fitness. So Mm -hmm. how did you, how did that become a thing? I, I graduated, I got a degree in psychology I got my bachelor's degree and I started working in like very traditional corporate America, hated it. And then America went through this huge recession in like 2008, I think. And I got laid off with the majority of people in America. And I remember at that time I was already in the CrossFit community and I had started training really hard in CrossFit. I actually got certified to train CrossFit, started training other people And I had a girlfriend who worked there who was a cop and she said, you should come and work with me. And she worked with victims of violence. Yeah. So I went into that field for a very, very long time, but I was always like training on the side. Like fitness was always like the side hustle. Yeah. And then I became really dis, I didn't, the corporate structure wasn't set up to be supportive for how intense that kind of job and work can be. And I just became very like disillusioned. There's really no other way to put it. And I remember my husband who was actually active duty military was on a deployment and he called me and he and I were talking and he said, why don't you quit? He was like, I'm on this deployment. And every time I call you, you are, and he had some colorful language that I won't toss in. He (laughs) said, you're you're miserable. You're crying. You're upset. There's always drama. You're never happy. You're like living for Friday night. And he said, but every time you talk about training, you you're happy. Yeah. That's when you're the happiest. And I, you know, sat and thought on it for a long time. And, you know, I prayed on it and, and I remember I handed in my resignation letter and then I told everybody I quit because I didn't want anyone to get second guess me. Yeah. I quit with no job lined up, which is not bright. (laughs) I would not recommend that. (laughs) Um, I was getting certified to teach Pilates at the time. And I knew that if I quit my job in corporate America, I could get the certification completed faster because it was self-paced. Yeah. So I could start working faster. I was basically guaranteed a job and I could I like did all the math and I was like, if I do this and I start working, I could be pulling a profit, like come out of debt from paying for the certification and then start making money in less than six months. And that's what I did. Fantastic. So you would say your, your husband uh, planted the seed. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And, And has continued to be in my corner with all of this. Even when I decided to launch online, um, he was totally for it. Yeah. And so let's talk about your business, you, your name. So how did that, how did that come about? Um, you know, the, the growth of your business in the last couple of years? Um, a healthful life came about because I was training full time. I gotten pregnant. My pregnancy didn't, and 
and labor and delivery, like all that postpartum period did not go well. That's a podcast for another time. It was super, super tough. And when I was trying to get like back into fighting shape or whatever, with a newborn, it was a butt kicker. Every time I would try to go to work out, that child would scream. She could be in a dead sleep. She'd just wake up, start screaming. I tell her that now. She's seven now. She thinks it's funny. It wasn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) But I started thinking of it from the standpoint of like, how does a a mom or just a a busy adult who works full time do this? How can you take care of your health, mental and physical well-being from a workout standpoint? If you legitimately don't have time to get to the gym, you know, maybe you're a single parent and going for the 6am workout at the gym doesn't work out. You know, you got the kids after school, you got the kids, you got to take them to all the practices and do all the things and make dinner. Like how, how do you create a consistent plan for yourself? And then I had clients asking me like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Can you write me workouts? Oh, I'm doing this. Can you write me workouts? I'm recovering from this. I can't come in. Can you write me workouts? And I was like, why am I not? And then on top of that, I should say, I also had clients say, when you talk about being a mom, you're hilarious. Like your mom stories are so funny and you bring so much levity to it. You should write a blog. So a healthful life actually started as a blog and then expanded into fitness training and then private coaching, which is where we're at now. Fantastic. And which year did you start your business? Oh, Lordy. It's been three years. Three years? Good. About three years. Okay. And if people want to find you online, where, where can they do that? The website is probably the easiest, www.ahealthfullife.org. And the next easiest place is Instagram, at Lisa Peronzo. Ah, fantastic. And so let's talk about for yourself. How do you, you know, obviously you've got a busy schedule. So, you know, it's that old saying, practice what you teach. So how do you fit in your own routine around a busy schedule now? I'm like you that I have to be like really cognizant of my time and I have to block out the workouts. I'm also like you that I I class prep and I also work out with my clients. I teach virtual classes. That was a result of COVID. Those classes, I work out with them, but I also like to have my own personal workouts and those, I wake up early and get those done. Okay. And you say early, what, what time is early for yourself? It's usually like 530 in the morning. Ah, good. 530 to six. Yeah. Okay. Because then then I can get it done. I can get the kid to school. I can like come home, get on some stuff and then get into you know, training sessions or whatever else it is that I have going for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you you know, you practiced, sorry, you got certified in Pilates, you've done CrossFit. So your online uh, virtual classes, what are they based around? Um, <laughs> this is funny. So they have evolved tremendously. It started just as a Matt Pilates class. It started with a lot of my old clients from the Pilates studio that I train out of. And when COVID hit and in California, where I'm at gyms were forcibly shut down three or four times in 2020. Yeah. And so I messaged these clients and was like, look, 
this might be a train wreck, but y'all telling me that you are so sick of not being able to work out and I can help you with that. So it started as Matt Pilates and then, you know, kudos to them. They got really curious about what they could do. And it started becoming like CrossFit hit style Pilates. It's like all the things. Fantastic. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And then it expanded who knew internationally. So what I do now is I record the workouts. They go onto a Google drive and anyone who decides that they want to do those workouts has access to that drive. So if they can't make the workout live because of like time zone stuff, they can come back in on their own and grab workouts. Ah, fantastic. I like that entrepreneur. I love that. Just pivoting, man. We've just been pivoting for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for yourself, What's your favorite part of the week out of your, your busy week? My favorite part of my busy week. Oh, there's not like, I love training. Yeah. I love training, especially when people are super, super motivated. I like it. I I really love that aspect of empowerment and showing someone how strong they can be. No, definitely. So do you thrive off other people's energy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, good. And so let's talk about the, you know, the pandemic, because we've touched on it, you know, certain points throughout the show. But for you personally, Lisa, how did you handle that? I think I started working out a lot more during the day. It, you know, for me, it was one of those things that like me personally, I wasn't scared. I felt like uh, my husband, I mentioned earlier, he's active duty military. He came home from a deployment in September of 2019. So I, in the beginning of the pandemic, he actually ended up with like a month off and my daughter was home and it was the most amount of time as a family that we've ever had. Yeah. So while I understand that it like it was very scary and chaotic and all these things for me, it was like, I'm never going to have this time again. I'm going to make the absolute most out of this time Yeah. with my family. And we didn't, we're not really the personalities that will just like Netflix and not do anything else. We were, you know, taking the dogs out, going on bike rides and being outside as much as we could. Because again, I live in California. I live in Southern California. I told you earlier, our weather is gorgeous. There is literally no reason to be in your house. 95% of the year. Not good. And, you know, obviously spending a lot of time with your family, it's beneficial, you know, in the long, mm-hmm. long run. Mm-hmm. So for yourself on a personal opinion, mental health and exercise. Oh, I mean, it's the two to me are so intricately tied together. Okay. I feel like it's beyond I, okay. Obviously I'm not a doctor. If there's, if there are aspects to your brain health that you need to have, you know, addressed by a professional, you for sure need to be doing that. However, On the basic level of even just stress relief, a solid workout will do that. I I used to train at night, well, the virtual classes are in the evenings now, but I used to train out at a brick and mortar at night. And I would tell my clients, I'm saving you bail money. 
Cause you're coming in here at the end of your day when, you know, concerned citizen Karen at your work has been talking some trash or whatever, and you can let all of that go yeah. here in a safe space and a judgment-free zone so that you can walk into the rest of your evening knowing that you feel better, that you're stronger, that you're not going to be taking out those feelings on your people, your family, whatever. No, totally. That endorphin rush is better than any drug. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you, you mentioned that um, right before we, we spoke about mental health, about how you are outside, you know, probably 95% of the year, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting fresh air. So I, I certainly am an advocate of outdoors as a benefit of mental health, you know, going to walk, go a cycle, go a swim, outdoors. Yeah. It makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we so for a hot second in the pandemic, um, all of the trails and all of the beaches in the San Diego, so I'm in San Diego, in the San Diego area were shut down. So the rule was that the trails were completely closed. You could go to the beach, but you couldn't put a towel down and sit down. Okay. I'll leave all that there. So I was like, well, we can find a workaround for that. So what I started doing, because my daughter was also, you know, the schools were shut down too. So yeah. my daughter was home and we started going to this stretch of beach in Coronado. It has a very famous hotel on it. You can Google it and find it very easily. And we would walk the beach. Yeah. And she would like run out into the water and come back. And what it did that, that lack of like population on the sand drove all of the sea animals like up onto the beach. So we were finding like mollusks and like all these sand dollars, all this cool stuff. So it ended up becoming kind of like a science lesson Yeah, in a way, but cool. it, it was like, it's something different. It gets us out of the house. We have to like drive a little bit to get there. There's like something very grounding for me about the ocean in general and I surf. So, you know, there's like that part of things, but just being out there was so beneficial to me. And as soon as the trails open, we were back on those two. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Take every opportunity where you can outside. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, that was a good point there. However, yeah. Let's talk about Lisa's bad habits within health and fitness. I definitely can be my own worst critic. I'm very, uh, this year, I'm very diligently trying to check myself on that. Okay. I said earlier, I'm not a competitive person. Yeah. But I can be competitive with myself. And what I've really started to notice and talk to my clients about is this power of really using workouts as like a moving meditation almost to turn inward and to listen to what your body needs and to meet that and how much more beneficial the workout is as a whole when you do that instead of like setting this insane expectation and then falling short of it and then ending up frustrated with yourself. No, exactly. I, I totally get that because I, I think we, we all do it, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we sit down 
and end of December and we're like, ah, right, so it's a new year, I'm going to do this, that, that, and that. And then you've got to consider what are actually possible within that time frame, yes. within your own training as well. And you're like, only maybe three of those things are actually achievable out of the 15, 20 things that you have written down, <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's only a little time in a year. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I actually don't set New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I'm not, I don't adhere to them only because I, I don't really understand why it takes like an arbitrary day for you to start doing something that yeah. you know is going to be good for you. I would just start now. Okay. So, you know, if we put that in another context then, so if we can say, okay, Lisa, in 2022, what are your goals? So right now, how, what's, your, what's your plans for this year? Fitness-wise, what's the one thing that you would like to achieve by end of this year? So I don't even have a goal. I really honestly don't. Just ah, to, keep, okay. to keep doing what I'm doing, to keep consistently showing up. Exactly. So there And you to go. keep putting that, out and, right, like the strength will come. There's something to go back to the, like, brain health, mental health part of it. There is something to be said for not just the endorphin rush you get from a workout, but the confidence boost you can get. No, definitely. You know, and like how that can trickle into the rest of your world and like your life. And I want to continue doing that. Yeah. Okay. And you love this because obviously working in health and fitness a long time, you may have a long list of this. So your own personal pet peeves within health and fitness as a whole. Oh, Lord. The things you, you know what? It can, <laughs> like how much time do you have? Um, you know what? I, I, I can narrow it down to like one that encompasses so many. Okay. I think the biggest failure that the health and fitness industry, diet industry has is this idea of the cookie cutter solution for the individual. Like everyone should fit into one certain type of box when it comes to their workouts, how they eat, you know, all those sorts of things. And that's not realistic. Yeah. You know, like, look at you and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, it is completely contraindicated for me to run. I am not allowed to run. Yeah. I'm, you know, you know, the, the furthest I will run now is possibly two to three K at a max for me. Um, just because of the amount of impact, you know, it's yeah. so, so bad. Yeah. And then like the pain that you have for days on end after it's not worth it. No, definitely not. Because, like, <laughs> you know, it's quite interesting because, you know, doing, I've started this podcast since October last year. And recently I've started to notice a change within health and fitness because, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, we were all about, you know, high impact burpees and, you know, you know it's got to be high intensity, you know, metafit as well. However, we are going away from that aspect of health and fitness. We're now moving into a new era where we are having to work trying to look after our bodies so we're going mm -hmm. to body balance we're going to pilates we're going to yoga you know we're 
strength and conditioning, you know, mm-hmm. because we're trying to save our bodies in the future. Yes, I would totally agree with you. And the crazy thing for me is that I've always been a proponent of cross training. Yeah. Always. Because I think that that also from a mindset standpoint helps to keep you from getting burned out because you're not doing the same thing over and over and yeah, over. Totally. That's why I have certifications in so many different things. There's <laughs> so many different things interest me and I want to be able to train them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So which brings me on to my next point. So if you don't mind me asking for the viewers, how old are you, Lisa? I'm 37. Okay. And you've trained for a while, you know, all, all your life majority. So what age do you feel training wise? 25. Love that. I love that. You know, and I, I get mistaken for a 25 year old, like in person a lot. No, I don't feel 37 at all. Yeah. No, good. You don't want to look or feel your age. That's right. the thing you don't want to have. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So you can rock out and you, yeah, 25 year old, you know. Yeah. I'm definitely not over 30. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> okay. So, when you're training, what's your favorite exercise to do? I gravitate towards a lot of core exercises. Okay. Uh, for me, the way that I train, generally speaking, and a lot of this is a Pilates influence, everything starts and ends with your core. Yeah. Like the 365 all the way around your body core. So anything that's going to help develop that, not crunches, guys, I'm not talking crunches. <laughs> I'm not, I'm also not talking burpees personally. I think I'm allergic to those, but things like I love deadlifting. I love doing things like squats. I love doing things like Russian twists and Turkish get-ups and kettlebell swings, which is why I got kettlebell certified. Cause I like a lot of those exercises. Yeah. I gravitate a lot towards those because I know that if my core is strong, everything else is going to feel more efficient. Yeah. Okay. And say you went to a gym class and they gave you the worst type of exercise, even though you've mentioned that you're allergic to burpees. Would <laughs> burpees be that worst exercise? Probably. Yeah. It's up there. They're not my favorite. I mean, I will do them. I just don't like them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the, the one thing that people always compare, I've got a hard time you know disputing as burpees and mountain climbers i could do mountain climber that doesn't bother me at all yeah okay and for yourself lisa what's your best memory of your fitness journey so far hmm you know what it was it was back in the crossfit days when i was still really heavily training crossfit and i learned how to do a pull-up I'd always wanted to know how to do a pull-up and it did not happen overnight. It was not like, Oh, I jumped on the bar and I did it. No, that's not how it went at all. But being able to see the progression of strength to get to the point where I was working it from like a band assisted pull-up, a kipping pull-up, being able to go through, that was very like it built a lot of confidence in me that I could do that exercise yeah and you know obviously you've got 
a lot of clients, international clients now. So what's your best compliment you've received so far? That I'm motivating. motivating. It was my goal when I started training, especially like bigger group classes. I never wanted people to feel small. I never wanted people to feel badly about something they thought they could do, but couldn't because I realized that that will make a person quit. And this is bigger than your hour long workout or whatever. So I, and I, you know, worked with a ton of people to get trained in all these things. And you get to see how different instructors treat their clients. Yes. And I, I never wanted someone to say that I was mean. Yeah. You know, or like made them feel bad. Like they could say I was hard. I did not care about that. But I didn't want someone to say that I had made them feel badly about themselves. No, definitely. You you see it all the time. You know, you see certain individuals, instructors, and, you know, they they just don't care about the clients. They're only there for, you know, the cash, you know, Mm -hmm. and they make people feel this tiny. And that shouldn't be the issue. I hate that. So you can get, this is like I just said, there's, this is so much bigger than working out for an hour. It's so much bigger than that. I know people don't like to talk about that, like mindset stuff or whatever, but you learn it. The more that you do it, you see the impact of it, the more that you do it. And I wanted to give people a safe space to come and find their strength. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's you know in the fitness industry you know mindset is everything now and um, mm-hmm. you know people may disagree with us you know well that, that's their choice you know um, mm-hmm. but the, the fact of the matter is that people have taken their time to come out of their busy schedule to come to a class or you know do a session with you and sometimes it could just be they want to vent off, you know, their anger for that day. That's <laughs> what it is. Mm-hmm, for sure. For yeah. sure. But even then you walk out feeling better. Exactly. Definitely. So for yourself, Lisa, in your journey, in your life, who's been inspirational for yourself? Oh, As man. a role model or someone who's always been there in your corner. Obviously, earlier you mentioned your husband. Yeah, definitely him. My parents too. I mean, my parents, uh, when I got hurt, if I had not had them, I don't think I would be where I was. I mean, I was a grown, I was technically considered a grown up when I got hurt. They took me back into their house. My mom left her job to take care of me because I couldn't be left by myself. I could not walk. She took me to, Every single doctor's appointment, physical therapy appointment, my dad would meet us there, like there. And they were the ones who my mom, especially started talking to me about, you know, nutrition, how I'm eating, what I'm eating, how I'm moving, you know, how do I want to be 19 is young, man. Like, how do you want to, how do you want to be when you're in your thirties? Exactly. And that was, had I not had that and that safe space to get mad, throw things, yell, scream, cry. I mean, my mom drove me to college for like a full semester because I couldn't drive myself. Wow. 
So your mum has always been, you know, the inspiration of the star. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of them now because they both had like fairly significant injuries in the past few years and that both needed surgical repairs. So my husband and I <laughs> bought them a gym membership. So my husband was like, look at, if we don't pay for it, they're not going to go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and they ended up finding a personal trainer there that they just have really like connected with. Yeah. They love him and they have continued to work with him. They ended up leaving the gym and following him to his new gym. And my mom's out there doing sled pushes now, dude. She's like, <laughs> she's not going to want me to say her age. Okay. But it's impressive. Okay. She's older than 65. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> older than retirement age in America. Yeah. And she's doing sled pushes. Wow. That, that's amazing. You know, yeah. they'll be in the gym at that age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay. And then if we could talk about your business, where would you like to see it in the next one to five years? Ah, uh, man. I'm working right now on figuring out how to expand my YouTube channel. And I would like to see it move more there. Like, put, I still want to do the virtual classes. They still are serving a tremendous purpose. And the next five years, I don't think that they will be. Yeah. I would like to see that move more into like a YouTube membership subscription, something like yeah. that. And building yeah. that out. No, good. And then what advice would you give anyone starting their fitness journey for the first time? Just start. Just start. This is the best advice I can give to anybody. You're never going to have a good time. The planets are never going to align for you. It's never going to be cute. It's quite frankly not. You're even really going to be comfortable. <laughs> Just start. Fantastic. And it's been awesome to have you on the show, Lisa. So before we round up, have you got any questions for myself no no None i think we're good i'm so appreciative to you for having me on today no you're very welcome and it's been awesome to have you on the show thank you thank you cheers